Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Kimar Roach, and I listen to the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. Another test series has come to an end. Another test series defeat has happened for the West Indies, away from home, I might add. I think if this was a, a home test series, maybe maybe we'd be talking differently. But certainly when we talk about away test series, generally speaking, the trend, if it's against a, a nation that is better than us, the, or sorry, ranked higher than us, the trend is that we will succumb to a test series defeat. My name is Marshall St. Patrick Hewitt, one half of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. And thank you as ever for coming to a Caribbean Cricket Podcast episode edition. Call it what you may. As usual, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the ticker tape below. You can follow the Caribbean Cricket Podcast at Carib Cricket on Twitter, Instagram. Find us on Facebook. Just search Caribbean Cricket Podcast. Most importantly of all, like, share and subscribe to this video. And if you'd like to support the Caribbean Cricket Podcast, you can, of course, become a patron head to www.patreon.com forward slash carib cricket and uh, you can support us for as little as one dollar uh, maybe two in fact two dollars of whatever your or two pounds whatever your currency is but if you just want a one-stop kind of shop to find all of our dls head to www.caribbeancricketpodcast.com and you can find everything there that you need to <laughs> i've titled this one the South Africa versus West Indies player ratings. But it kind of also by default works as a series review as well. But just looking, doing it by looking through the medium of player ratings first and foremost. Look at me trying to fix my hair whilst I do this. Um, and I, th- I thought the first thing I would do is just read out a quote from Craig Brathwaite. Away from home, we need to improve. Technically, yes, we need to work on our flaws. But the mind also needs to be in the right place. It is all about the grind because test cricket can be tough. That's just a small extract from uh, Craig Brathwaite's kind of post-series presser. And I thought that that particular extract was quite key. Um, And and that's not to say that Craig was saying that as if he had a good tour, because he didn't. Craig had a poor tour. He only averaged 12 with the bat. 
He, he did not lead from the front as captain, so to speak, although be it, albeit, and I'll get to it in a second, we can cut Craig some slack because he's the one batter in this side over the last year and a bit that generally, genuinely speaking, generally speaking, sorry, has been leading from the front. But Craig's comments were key, were interesting to me because he spoke about the mental part of the game. And I think so often we we talk about when 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 West Indies lose and when they struggle and particularly when they throw in another weak batting performance, we tend to people like the the uncles and the aunties and the the commentators and the this and the that, they all tend to get emotional and they they all start to cuss and they say this team ain't good. We need to get rid of everybody. Everyone needs to hold a drop, and some of that's true. Everyone needs to hold a drop. We need to start again. We need to bring in the youngsters. We need to do this. We need to do that. Listen, we've been losing away from home. The one consistent about the West Indies team, if you're going to pick any, is that when we play away from home against a team, as I said at the top of the show, against a team that is ranked higher than us, generally speaking, we are going to lose. Not even generally, we are going to lose the series because that's the trend over the last... 23 years in essence right but craig spoke about the mental approach and is that is that the bigger issue we can say that like a, a raymond reefer isn't a top six batter we can say that a roston chase needs to hold a drop we can question carl mayer's place in the top six in the order we can question a, a jermaine blackwood and, and so on and so forth but is this about a mental approach rather than a technical approach. You can go through, you can go to the Professional Cricket League, our domestic West Indies Championship, which kicks off again, by the way, on Wednesday. We can go to that and you can bring me a set, you bring me a a next four, a next four guys to replace positions three to six, just for argument's sake. Bring me a next four guys and do you genuinely believe anything would tangibly change? And that's why I found Craig's comment so interesting. Is this a mental thing? I always say forget the numbers in domestic cricket because you've got to look at the eye test now. I think numbers are relatively irrelevant for me in domestic cricket. It's about can you see the kind of natural talent, the raw talent there that's that's worth persisting with. And you can go to domestic cricket and you can call an Alec Athanase, for example. You can call a Brandon King who may never play test cricket at this rate, right? and bring them, would we see any different? I'd like to think we would, but maybe it's a mental issue for West Indian batters at the top level in terms of being able to grind it out. And I know we're saying West Indies play grind ball, but grind it out and stick it out when 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 the going gets tough. It's a lot to think about. Get at me in the comments below, obviously. But um. We're here to kind of look over the series, not in terms of go through the first test and go through the second test, but look at it through a, a, a player-by-player approach and kind of assess everybody's tour. So we'll, we'll start from the top. Captain Craig Brathwaite averaged 12, scores of 11, duck, 17, and 18. Every, every single innings, he got worked over by uh, Kagiso Rabada, or Kagiso Rabada, I should say. Um... What do you say about that? It's a poor tour for Craig. Uh, by his own high standards, that's probably Craig's poorest tour in what? When was the last time Craig had a tour that bad? In, in fact, I should look it up. It probably was when he when he was first in like the, the early parts of his career. He may never have had a tour that bad, in fairness. Um, let me just look it up. 
sorry, I should have maybe, I didn't think I was even going to have that kind of question in my mind until I started talking. Craig has played, played 85 test matches, right? And if you go through Craig's performances by series, this is his worst tour. Oh, actually, it's his worst tour since South Africa at home. Against South Africa at home, he played, again batted four innings, two uh, two series, um, two test match series, and he averaged seven in that series. So it's interesting that since South Africa at home, Craig has played Pakistan, averaged thirty six, played Sri Lanka away, averaged thirty, England at home, averaged eighty five, Bangladesh at home, fifty, Australia away, forty nine, Zimbabwe away, seventy one, and then we kind of. Um, bookend that run with an average of 12. So it's interesting that South Africa and specifically Rabada have just given Craig a working over. Can't hate on Craig. Can't. Because those numbers that I've just read for you since that um, South Africa tour, and even before that South Africa tour, Bangladesh away, he averaged 37. Sri Lanka at home, he averaged uh, 59. So the two South Africa tours, both in 20, 2021 and the back, uh, start of 2023, have been his only poor tours in his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. In his last 10 series, he's only had two bad series, and they both were against South Africa. For this particular series, Craig can only get a one out of 10. He averaged 12. Come on. Um, and of course, people criticize the captaincy. I'm not even really getting into that. Um, I, I, people talk about how we should have used this bowler there and got too defensive at this point or that point or whatever it might be. I think the captaincy isn't an issue for me whatsoever. So for some people who want to nitpick, they'll nitpick at Craig's captaincy. That's not really an issue for me. Looking at Craig purely as a batter, this was a horrendous tour for him. Facing Rabada with the new ball isn't easy. Rabada is a generational talent, right? A lot of batters in South Africa would get a proper working over from Rabada with the new ball. So Craig, it's not like Craig's the first to, to get undone by Rabada. It's just that Rabada had his, has his number. In the context of the tour, though, Craig will be upset with that and disappointed in himself. One out of ten. Uh, Tayshan, and I'm much harsher than you lot because the last time I did player ratings at the end of um, the first test match, I gave out enough ones and 1.5s. And a couple of people got in the comments and said, Mash, you're out of order. You shouldn't be giving people that low. Listen, I'm not asking you to agree with me. I'm just giving what I'm giving. Tayshandapur, if Craig had a bad tour, Tay really found out what test cricket was about. He was thrown into the fire in Australia, did remarkably well. Obviously, got the unbeaten double ton in Zimbabwe. He must have thought Test cricket was easy. Well, you know what? Tej found out what Test cricket is really about in South Africa. Scores of 22, 10, 1, 2. Average 9. 0 out of 10 for Tej. It's a 0 out of 10. Um, and that's, and I'm, listen, I'm a, anyone who knows me and has been following Caribbean Cricket Podcast for, for a long enough while, you'll know I'm a massive fan of Tej. I was calling for Tej to be in the test squad from early days. So this is nothing about me not rating Tej Shandapal as a batter. This is about just me being realistic. Scores are 22, 10, 1 and 2 and averaging 9 opening the innings. You're zero for me. Like he didn't have a good tour, but that's fine. That's fine. That's nothing. That's nothing major. He'll still be opening by the time injury come in the summer. Um, he just got, he got that work. He got given that work. Um, and he'll learn. He'll 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 come better from that. I think the only thing I would say about Tej, in terms of a real critique, you, you could say the none out of ten is a critique. But in terms of the real critique, the only thing I would say for Tej is that I felt that some of his dismissals in this series 
were subpar. I think I'll go back to that first test where he he tried to hook a ball that he needed a ladder to hook and he still went for the shot. Even if you look at uh, the two runs, I mean, Harmer in that, in that second innings was bowling the ball on a string in, in the first session, right? But Tej made two off 36 balls. Normally, I would say, grind it, grind it, grind it. But Tej looked like he had no clue out there against Harmer. Um, and it there was this sense of inevitability that, boy, he's going to get you. It's just a question of when is he going to get you? Um, he'd done well to survive up to 36 balls to be honest, um, without getting out. But I just felt, like I say, I've, or I feel that Tej got the real introduction to top-level test cricket um, in conditions he's not familiar with. And he got given that work. Nine out of ten for Tej. Raymond Reefer. Uh, so Raymond Reefer scores of 62, 8, 15 and a duck for an average of 21. He bowled 11 overs in the test series, one for 36. Three out of ten for Raymond Reefer. Um, I think I gave him at the end of the first test. I gave him seven out of ten. And one of you, I think it was Adam, got in the comments below in the first test rate player ratings video and said, "How can you give Reefer seven out of 10? And my justification then was, "Well, he scored a he scored a half century in a match that we lost by eighty seven runs or eighty five runs or whatever it was." Reefer got a half century and, and, and it was his third consecutive half century after two fifties in the test series versus um, Zimbabwe. So I said, credit where credit's due. I expected him to struggle massively in South Africa. And he started off his tour with a 62 off like 136 balls or something like that. And I rated it and I respected it. I said seven out of 10 for the test match. Second test, much like Craig, much like Tej, he got given that work. And scored 15 and a duck. So his, te his test series started strong with a 62 and it tailed off. Now, I've seen a lot of comments since the test series has ended with a lot of people saying Reefer's got a goal, Reefer's got a goal. Maybe he does. That's not my comment, by the way. I'm just saying may maybe he does. But my overall argument is this most people would say Reefer is not a natural test match number three. And I would agree, to be fair. But I think I've gone on record as saying that. But he will ultimately come back to the Caribbean now for rounds. Is he, wait a minute, is he in the T20 squad? I don't think he's in the old, can't remember, he's not in the limited over squad. So he's going to come back to the Caribbean for rounds four and round five of the West Indies Domestic Championship, right? And will probably, I would assume, play in the Barbados Pride side. Okay, cool. If a guy over two test series scores 350s in, what, how many innings at bat? So he got... He got um sorry, let me just he got eight innings at bat and he scored three fifties. The rest of the top six, not well, maybe not Brathwaite and Tage, they scored heavily in Zimbabwe. But you don't think most batters would kill for that um in a West Indies top six. So as much as people are saying he's not a natural number three, and as much as I agree with that, I do not expect to see Raymond Reefer dropped for India. Whether he should or shouldn't be is another question altogether, but I do not expect it. And in fairness, I almost think I'd go as far as saying it would be harsh to drop him. Some people would say, listen, no time for friendship out here. We we just don't think he passes the eye test. If a man has to hold a drop, a man has to hold drop. Screw numbers. I mean, Bonner got dropped for, for, for averaging 38. So there's an argument to say, screw numbers. If I, if I can't see it in my eyes, then I'm not feeling it. 
Me personally, I would say that would be harsh if we went down that road, even if I have reservations about the long-term plan with Reef as a test match number three. But, I mean, has he had a chance to bat as a... Well, no, he did. I was about to say, has he had a chance to do it at home? He did versus Bangladesh, and it didn't work out too well. But I suspect he'll get given the chance um, versus India. But overall... Overall series rating, despite the 150, an average of 21 is not good enough. Three. Jermaine Blackwood, um, 37, 79, 6, and 4. Ends the series with an average of 32. You, <laughs> you lot think that, I'm, that I, I've had a few comments from people saying, Mash, you always defend Jermaine Blackwood. Like you must, you must be the most loyal person to Jermaine Blackwood in West Indies cricket. All I will say is this: if every other batter in the top six had averaged thirty-two by the end of the series, the Test series might have been a bit closer. So, before you lot, sorry, you can see this pill. This is um, this is a uh, paracetamol. I'm supposed to. Be, I should have taken it at the start. I've got a bit of a cold. I don't know if you can tell it in my voice. You lot probably not. I had to say that in case any of you thought I was doing a madness. But um, if all of the top six had ended the series with an average of 32, this test match would have been closer. We might even have won a test match or test series would have been closer and we might even have won a test match. So before you look, come at me and say, no, why are you defending Jermaine? Ah, da, 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 da. He averaged 32. No one else in the top six got even above. No one else in the top six got anything high average, anything higher than 21. So if you're going to come at me and say, how dare I defend Jermaine in any shape or form. Arguably, he was the only one in the top six to do anything remotely approaching to doing his job with the bat. That's all I'm going to say. So based on that statistical analysis, like I say, 37, 79, 6 and 4, and obviously the 6 and the 4 in the second test isn't good enough, but 37 and 79, it, it, it evens itself out, right? Hmm. I should say six out of ten, but I can already hear the cuss out coming towards me if I agree on that. If you were if you were told before the test series, Jermaine Blackwood's going to average thirty two, before you watch the test series, you would say that's about par for a West Indian batter, wouldn't you? You would say that, right? And what would you give that? So my argument is this: whatever you would have given before the series, if you were told that someone in the top six would end with an average of 32, is what you should be giving that person now. Arguably, that means six out of 10, because I think an average of 32 across a series is par. I think that's par. I think that's the base level expectation for a top six batter, generally speaking. And for me, that means six out of 10. That's my reasoning. Come at me in the comments below. Uh, who came number five? Ruston Chase. Ruston Chase, 22 duck, 28 duck. Ends the series with an average of 13. With the ball, he bowled 42 overs across the test series. None for 132. Let me drink my juice. Fam? Fam. I'm tired, fam. You know when you talk and you're like, I don't have nothing else to say. What else do you want me to say, bruv? Like, a batter cannot bat in the top six with a test match average of 26. 
a batter cannot bat in the top six when they've averaged across the series 13. And I know you're not going to say, but Brett Brathway averaged 12. Yeah, but Craig just had the great, like, was in the ICC team of the year. Tej averaged nine. Yeah, I hear that. But Tej just came off a great tour, well, a very good tour of Australia and a double century in Zimbabwe. What I will say is this. I'm going to try and be balanced, but I'm tired. Roston got back into, I've said it so many times now, man. If anybody from Cricket West Indies is watching this who is any kind of decision maker, make me a selector, please, I beg. Please just make me a selector. But fundamentally, as I've said before, Roston got back into the test squad to go to Australia out of the blue. No one expected it. No one could see a clear rationale or justification for why. So all, rather than going through the whole story again, because I'm tired of repeating the same thing, although I should, because for all I know, this is someone new is watching this video and doesn't know it. So I will. Roston went to Australia as a specialist spinner and batted at eight. He then went to Zimbabwe as an all-rounder and batted at six. He's then gone to South Africa and batted at number five as a... Well, if you bat at number five, your first and foremost being picked as a batter, right? That you have to be, because why are you batting at number five? But he batted at number five, I guess, as a batting all-rounder. And he ends the series with an average of 13 and no wickets. Ruston, you're not helping yourself, man, because even if I try to be balanced and come with a rationale, the numbers ain't helping you, bro. They, they're not helping you. Um... Listen, Desmond Haynes has to explain himself at the end of the day. Desmond Haynes will have to explain himself and he'll have to explain how West Indies ended in a situation where there were four all-rounders in the team. Reefer batting at three, Chase batting at five, Mayers batting at six and Holder batting at eight. Four all-rounders. I think that's three all-rounders too many. And if we're going to talk about players getting dropped, the two most at risk Maybe the one, maybe it's not even two, the one most at risk is Roston because he's the one that nobody generally in the Caribbean can really give a rationale, a proper rationale or justification for his position. The question I would put to Desmond Haynes is, what is Roston in the team to do? Just answer. And actually, that's anybody listening to this video. What is Roston in the team to do? If it's to take wickets, he's not doing that properly. Well, he's not doing it well enough to justify his place in the team. I would argue. Didn't do it in Australia, didn't do it in South Africa. Some people talk about Zimbabwe, but come on, with respect. If it's to score runs, then again, he averaged, what, 30, I think, in Australia? He averaged 13 in South Africa? I don't know. Some, If, I'm bad, if I try and defend Roston slightly, some people say, well, Roston performed, if you call 30, he, he averaged 30 with the bat in Australia, batting at number eight. That's fine if you're batting at number eight. Against Zimbabwe, what did he average again? Um, I feel like it might have been 30 again because he got like 14 and then eight and then he got a 70. So I want to believe that Roster might have averaged over 30 in Zimbabwe. Let me just double check that, people. Um, so batting at number six against Zimbabwe, he averaged... Sorry, I got it wrong. Batting at number eight in Australia, he averaged 29. Batting at number six against Zimbabwe, he averaged 30. Batting at number five against South Africa, he's averaged 13. The last time Roston averaged over 30 properly in a series, because against Zimbabwe, it was like an even 30. So the last time Roston averaged over 30 in a series was against England at home in 2019. 
where he averaged 40. That was also the last time he scored a century. Okay. If I defend Roston slightly, the argument would be that in Australia, he scored a half century. In Zimbabwe, he scored a half century. And then he's just flopped against South Africa. So the argument to defend Roston would be, well, it's just a flop in South Africa. He kind of did all right with the bat against Australia at number eight. He did all right with bat and ball against Zimbabwe at number six. And then he's just flopped versus South Africa. The reason I'm saying this to people is I think this is the justification the selectors will use to keep him in the squad against India. Me personally, if I'm going out on a limb, I think that's it now for Roston. I think they should drop him. I really do. And I don't think he should come back to the side for a very, very long time. That, And it sounds harsh because 29 with the bat in Australia, when most people, when pretty much everyone flopped with the bat, it's all right at number eight. 30 with the bat in Zimbabwe, and you got 30 with the bat and 29 with the ball in Zimbabwe is all right. But it's Zimbabwe. Not again, that sounds disrespectful, but you catch my drift. And then 13 with the bat and no wickets with the ball versus South Africa. Like it's just, it's just not good enough, bro. And again, I I could go, I can make the whole video about Roston. So I'll just end it with this. What's his role in the side, Desmond Haynes? And that's not even a cuss to Desmond Haynes. I'm just artsing. I'm just artsing. What's his role in the side? It can't be that you're picking him to bat. It can't be, man. It can't be. It don't make no sense. And we can get rid of Ross and Chase and replace him with the next man. And West Indies would probably still lose. Not even probably. West Indies would still lose series away from home. But come on, man. Come on, man. Make it make sense, bro. I can't keep coming on and doing these videos and seeing the same thing happen again and again and again. It's not making no sense. And we're just repeating the same thing. And it's just, people are getting tired out here. People are getting tired. And it's not a personal agenda. It just don't make no sense. And when things don't make any sense, you've got to call it out. You've got to call it out. Ross and Chase. One out of ten. One out of ten for the South Africa series. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Carl Mayers, uh, Carl Mayers, 18 duck, 29-7. With the bat, he averaged 14. With the ball, he bowled 36 overs across the series, seven wickets for 101 runs, took his seven wickets an average of 15. Boy. Listen carefully to what I say now, people. This 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 player series review rating thing is stressing me out. Let me drink my juice. Listen carefully to what I say and take this in. With the because of what he's done with the ball, if Carl Mayers was in the team to bowl as his primary suit, then for seven wickets at fifteen apiece, he would get nine out of ten. If that's the reason Mayers is in the side for this series, 9 out of 10. But he's not in the side for that alone. They have Mayers batting at number 6. 
So it's it's very similar to the Ross and Chase argument I just made. Every single person watching this video, and if this gets to Desmond Haynes and Roland Butcher and anybody else who has any say in West Indies selection, when you pick Carl Mayers, and disclaimer, I've said it so many times on previous videos and I'm saying it again, I think Carl Mayers is a brilliant cricketer. Okay? So don't, I don't want anyone trying to think that I'm making this personal. We've had Carl Mayers on the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. We, 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 we've told him we think he's a good cricketer. But it's saying a friendship thing, right? When they pick Carl Mayers in the test side, what are they telling him his role is? Before this series, he was actually batting at number five. For this series now, Roston went to five. Carl went to six. Generally speaking, if you're batting at number six, you're there as an all-rounder, right? Is that what they told Carl Mayers? Did they say to him for this test series, Kyle, you're an all-rounder in this test series. You're going to carry the workload of a genuine all-rounder, which would mean that Jason Holder is there as a bowler, right? If, if, we're, making, if we're trying to collate this correctly in our head, because Jason's at number eight. Did they say, Carl, you're an all-rounder? Or did they say to Carl Mayers, you're there to bat and score runs, but your bowling or anything you do with the ball is a bonus? What is Carl Mayers' role in the side? And the reason why I ask that question is, if he's there to score runs, his test match, sorry, his average for this series was 14. For anyone who follows, well, you may have just stumbled across this video. For anyone who's a proper long-term fan, long-time fan of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast, you know we come with our data. You know we come with our stats. It's never a, and this is why I think that we're better than everybody else who covers West Indies media. We'll always come with the information and properly dissect it. Mayer's average is probably gone lower now. Mayer's average is 22. I think it might even be lower than that. He averages 22 in the last two years of test cricket. 22. When I say last two years, I mean since that Sri Lanka tour ended in March 2021, right? So roughly two years. Kyle averages 22 with the bat. Kyle can't bat in the top six anymore. Kyle has the ability to bat in the top six, but Kyle shouldn't bat in the top six. If you, if this weren't a friendship thing and we were picking the team accordingly and we were basing it on statistical performance and trends and data and working out the best balance for the West Indies te men's test side, he wouldn't be in the top six anymore. That doesn't mean he wouldn't be in the side. He just wouldn't be in the top six anymore. I'm not advocating for Carl Mayers to be dashed out of the West Indies test side. I think there is a place for Carl Mayers, but it's not in the top six. It's really not in the top six. And that's why I go back and say, like I've been saying for every series for the past three or four, what is the role that we have for Carl Mayers in our test team? With the ball, he's doing, he's doing up worldy stuff. Seven wickets at 15 apiece in South Africa. I always knew he was going to be good in South Africa. I went on the One World Sports full quarter podcast and said, Carl Mayers is going to be a problem for the South African batters. And so it proved to uh, so it proved to be. Carl Mayers across his test career is, I think, is averaging 19 with the ball. You can't drop a guy who's like that. What I'm saying is you can't play that guy in the top six when his trend for the last two years is that he's a lower-order bowling all-rounder. Carl would say, um, don't disrespect me, Mash. I'm not a lower-order bowling all-rounder. Yeah, and you're probably... If Carl ever heard this, Carl, I know. In reality, you're not. But your form in Red Bull cricket suggests that's what you should be playing as. 
If I was rating Carl Mayers in this test series on the ball alone, nine out of 10, but he's batting at number six. So I have to rate him on his contribution with the bat. We have to give Carl Mayers five out of 10. Some of you will say that's too high because he didn't deliver with the bat. And I hear you, but I'm just saying, what's his role in the side? If it's as an all-rounder, I can't discount the seven wickets at 15. If he's in the team to bat primarily, then maybe I'd make the rating lower. But I, none of us know what Carl's in the side to do, what his role is in is in the side, what the, what the think tank have told him his role is. Remember, he was batting at five in Australia. Get at me in the comments below. Josh De Silva, 4, 17, 26, 34. So he ended the series better than he started it. Average 20. Um, he also, in the first test, equaled the world record for most catches um, in an innings, taking seven. So he's now in the record books. And he took 14 catches across the test series. For anybody who watched my video after the first test match, the player ratings one, I said it then and I'll say it again. All of this depends on what you think the role of a wicketkeeper is. Do you judge a wicketkeeper first and foremost on their work behind the stumps? If that is how you judge your wicketkeeper, then Josh had a good series. That's if that's how you judge your wicketkeeper. And remember, I said it all it stems from what you think, because technically a wicketkeeper is an all-rounder, right? So it all stems on what percentage weight you put to the wicket-keeping job. There is no dispute whatsoever that Josh had a really good series behind really good series behind the stumps. 14 catches equaled the world record in the first test. Great, great uh, series behind the stumps for Josh. But we have to look at what he's doing behind the bat. There are people who want Josh out of the side. Me personally, I would move Josh into the top six. If they can't find or don't believe that they've got a good batter in regional cricket to come into the top six and replace some of the underperforming batters, I would move Josh into the top six and have him play his natural game, which is quite solid and quite defensive, knowing that there's more than just bowlers to come after him. That's what I personally would do. I think that needs to happen for India if he's kept in the squad. I think he now needs to move into the top six to be given more time to construct the type of innings that he constructs and also to allow him to actually bat with batters. If you catch my drift, get at me in the comments below if you disagree. That said, averaging 20 with the bat is subpar. Um, Reefer averaged 21 and I gave him three. Again, like I say, it depends on how much you how much weight you give to the actual wicket-keeping role. Much like what I said with Carl Mayers. If you give weight to the other to the to the all-round suit that Josh provides and the 14 catches and the world record in the first test, then it's you've got to balance it out at five. I know some of you are gonna slander me, you're gonna say, no, nah, Maj, that's a friendship thing. I've I've given you the rationale. I'm not asking you for, to agree with me. I've given you the rationale. I'm just saying five if we're saying that you have to judge a wiki keeper on their wicket keeping skills, first and foremost. And he had a good series. Obviously, averaging 20 with the bat is subpar. It's the fourth highest average in the in what was a subpar tour for everyone with the bat, pretty much. Um, not fourth, fifth, actually, because I forgot about Holder. So I think you have to average it out of five, maybe? Get at me in the comments below. Jason Holder, duck 18. Oh, sorry, people. Sorry, before I get to Holder, I've, I, pull, <laughs> I pulled these stats, which you might find quite interesting. So the top six, so that's Brathwaite, Chanderpaul, Reefer, Blackwood, Chase Mayers. Between the top six, they batted 24 full innings in the Test Series and they only recorded two scores over 50. 
me drink my juice. 24 innings between the top six, two scores over 50. That's bad enough. Check this out, though. 24 innings between the top six, three scores over 30 in the whole test series. Blouse and skirt. Blouse and skirt. And people wonder why we lost the test series. Write that stat down and send it into your WhatsApp and your group chats and your Facebooks and your this, that and the other. You don't need to hear no more analysis. The top six batted 24 innings and there were only three scores between them over 30. Tarated. Let's move on. Jason Holder. Um, Jason Holder, Duck, 18, 81 not out, 19. The 81 not out was a brilliant innings. Top scorer across the series for a West Indian batter. Most importantly of all, though. So, I mean... Holder ends the series with an average of 39. I always think those not outs, I mean, you have to take it into account because it, it is what it is. It's not like you didn't get it. But I always think that that can skewer figures to make things look slightly better than they are. I mean, not 18, 19 are the other scores. But then you can't, like I say, it is what it is. So he averages 39 across the series of the bat. And then with the ball, 56 overs. Seven wickets for 158 runs and average of 23 apiece. So the raw numbers are there. He ends the series. There's a brilliant return to form. And this, the, do you know what? <laughs> I was about to say, it. this is an SYM. If you know your anacron acronyms, you know what that means. This is an SYM to all the people that kept saying, holders got to be dropped, holders got to be dropped. And again, if you're somebody who follows our content, whether on Twitter, on Instagram, on, on the, well, these video content. I kept repeating over and over, Holder has far too much credit in the bank to be dropped. And you have to assume that he will come good because you don't, again, it's the older days, isn't it? Form is temporary. Class is permanent. You aren't, you don't become as good as Jason Holder and just turn into a rucks forever and ever after that. I mean, eventually time will catch up with him, like how time caught up with Chris Gale, right? At the age of 40. Time will eventually catch up with Holder, but he may have retired by then. But all the people who are trying to hurry up the holder, there's no justification for him still being in the team. The reason you keep him in the team is because you know that if and when Holder comes good. He, his performance will surpass everybody else's in the side. And all, I was about to say, and they become match winners. Obviously, he wasn't a match winner because nobody else in the team performed. But if everybody else in the team actually had performed to Holder's level, we win a test match, right? So Holder ends the series the, at batting at number eight, an average of 39 and an average of 23 with the ball. Again, this begs the question, when you have in your team Raymond Reefer, Roston Chase, Carl Mayers, and Jason Holder. How can you have four all-rounders in the side when the one batting at number eight averages 39 with the bat in this series and average 23 with the ball? There are too many all-rounders in this side. Anyways, Jason Holder, big Jace, big up yourself. Um, um, he won't see it as getting back at the doubters because I don't think that's Jason's character. I think Jason never loses faith in, in his ability. I always felt that he would, he would perform when we got to South Africa. Um, it's just him returning to, to, to mean really. And I guess getting his body tuned back into Red Bull cricket. That's an eight out of 10 for Jason Holder. It probably should be more, but I just don't think you can give too much sway when only one innings was uh, maybe you should. I'm going to say eight out of 10. Some of you might say nine. Alzari Joseph, 
Um, 12 wickets across the series for 220 runs, an average of 18. Um, his test match bowling average is now down to 33. I don't think... <laughs> who was the person who sent me that comment saying, oh, Mash, you love talking up Alzari Joseph. He's not even done anything major in his test career yet. And I kept saying, I kept repeating it. People get at me in the comments below if you remember me repeating this. I kept repeating Alzari's bowling career is trending in the right direction. He's had a magnificent last year of test cricket. He's eventually going to become, he's looking like he's going to become our pack leader. Alzari Joseph now with the ball. So to put this in perspective, I'm just trying to see if I can, let me let me find these stats for you people. I, I love to break this down for people. I, I'm a stats guy. I love to, I don't just say things for the sake of saying them. Let's put this in perspective, people. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Right. When we played England, when England turned up in March last year, listen carefully to what I'm saying, people, a year ago. So when I'm when I'm talking my stuff, when I'm talking my stuff, I'm not talking nonsense. I'm not talking nonsense, right? And lots of you will say, oh, look at this arrogant guy. It's not arrogance, it's confidence. When I'm talking my stuff, just trust me, I'm researching my stuff. I'm not just saying stuff for the sake of saying it. It's not some emotional comment I'm making. I'm studying up my stuff. In previous videos for the last how many, God knows how many weeks, months, I've been saying now Zari Joseph's test career is trending in the right direction. He's on his way to the, the changing of the guard is coming. One year ago, England turned up in the Caribbean to tour. Alzari Joseph's test match average with the ball at the point that England turned up was 40. 40. Alzari Joseph's test match average one year later with the ball is 33. Do you know how much work you've got to put in to take your bowling average down seven notches in a year. You've got to put in that serious work. I'm not just saying stuff for the sake of saying it. Alzari Joseph is coming into his own. The changing of the guard is coming. Large up Alzari Joseph, 12 wickets in the series at 18 apiece. Test match average now down to 33. Took his maiden test fifer in uh, Zimbabwe. Carried on the form um, into South... Uh, sorry, sorry, not in Zimbabwe. Took his maiden test fifer in the first test in, against South Africa. Carried on the form throughout the series. Bold with genuine hostility. We large up and we respect what Alzari Joseph did with the ball. Nine out of ten for this series. And the only reason I'm not giving him ten is because... And this is harsh, but I have to take a point off for this. Alzari, you can bat better than you showed throughout this series. I think I think there are a few innings where, and yeah, some of you are going to say Alzari's not in the team to bat, but Alzari, my point is Alzari can bat. He's not some he's not some rabbit in the headlights batter who doesn't know what he's doing. Alzari Joseph can construct proper innings. Alzari Joseph has has proper um, scores in first-class cricket. But I just felt like in South Africa, he was just chucking the bat at and just not really taking his batting seriously. So I just take one off for that. We're nearly at the end, people. 45-minute video of this one. Kimar Roach, seven wickets across the series at 32 apiece. I think, again, 
most of that is based on the 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 five wickets he took in an innings in the second so the second innings in the first test that was where he got the bulk of his seven wickets but that doesn't mean that we discount his whole test series as a result i think if he's again if he'd said before the series because a lot of people had written off kimar roach and said what is he doing going to south africa if you said before the series kimar roach is going to take seven wickets at 32 apiece i think he would have said yeah that's par you would have wanted it under 30, no doubt, but I think you would have taken that as par. Six out of 10 for Kimar Roach. Um, and I, I guess, like I say, it just furthers the argument that, yes, you can take Kimar Roach away from home, but you just have to be selective as to where we're taking him, yeah? So next year, in the summer, when West Indies come to England to tour, Kimar Roach should be on that that touring squad. And I, I don't want to hear not one person in the Caribbean say, why is Kimar Roach in the squad? Go look at his work for Surrey in the in the in the county championship over the last two seasons. You better make sure Kimar Roach is in the touring squad to England. Um, Shannon Gabriel only played the first test. He took two wickets at thirty eight apiece. Um, I think they dropped him probably for the second test because it was a it was a, a track which favoured spin. Um, Gabriel was the obvious person to drop because he's also in the ODI squad because we know we've got World Cup qualifiers coming up later this year. Um, uh, is it? I don't really know what to say about Shannon. Two wickets at seventy-five. I'd say four out of ten. Four out of ten is. is does that mean Shannon's done in Test cricket? Possibly. I don't know because when Jaden Seals comes back, he walks straight. In, if, and if, if sorry, start again. When Jaden Seals comes back, it won't be for India. I don't think he'll be fit enough in time for India because he won't have any real cricket behind him, right? When Jaden Seals and Anderson Phillip and that lot all come back and they're fit, then potentially Shannon Gabriel has to step out again. But chances are neither Jaden Seals nor Anderson Phillip will be match fit properly to certainly supersede Shannon Gabriel's place in the test squad. So I feel like this isn't the last we'll see of Shannon Gabriel and he could well be or possibly should be in the test squad going forward for India and then we can reassess it again by the time we go to Australia at the start of 2024. But four out of ten for that. And then Gudakesh Moti. Having come off the Zimbabwe series, having basically been West Indies' best player, having taken those 19 wickets and bowled us to victory in Zimbabwe, there's no getting away from it. Gudakesh looked undercooked in the second uh, test. It looked to me, and I'd love to see what people comment below, it looked to me like Gudakesh Moti played in that second test because we had to play a spinner. The South Africans knew what they were doing. Maharaj and Simon Harmer played in the test because they knew the pitch was going to spin. And even, no, and rest up well, um, Keshat Maharaj, I believe he ruptured his Achilles tendon, horrible injury uh, he succumbed to in the in the second innings when South Africa were destroying us. Uh, brilliant player, Maharaj. I hope his recovery goes well. But South Africa knew what they were doing, picking Maharaj and um, Harmer, right? The way that Maharaj and Harmer bowled, made, it made Malti and Roston Chase look like they were village spinners. I've got to say, I've got to say what i got to say. The, the control that Maharaj and Harmer showed was like that was up there whereas Moti and Chase was down there somewhere now but I'm gonna defend Moti 
Moti looked like he was playing because he had to play because we had to play a spinner and we couldn't just go into that uh, into that game with just Ruston Chase who obviously took no wickets right so Moti looked like he was undercooked obviously he missed the first test because they said he had a lower back injury at no point in that second test did I think Moti looked match fit I'd love to know if I'm right I could be wrong but I'm just saying at no point in that second test did he look comfortable did he look like he was really ready to be bowling at the highest level. Maybe he might have got away with that in a regional match in domestic cricket and probably still taking a bag of wickets. But the highest level, he looked undercooked and the South African batters treated him like he was undercooked. Three wickets, 154, 115 runs, 38 apiece. It's, I don't think it's his fault. I just don't think he was ready for that second test as much as he needed to be. Four out of 10. So people... It's a long video. That's why at the start of the video, that's why I didn't do the, oh, this one's only going to be X amount of minutes. When you do a series wrap up, you've got to deep dive into it properly. There's a big, big discussion to now be had about so who now drops out and so on and so forth. But I'm not ready for that yet. And I also think there's no point in doing that yet. On Wednesday, the 15th of March, the West Indies uh, championship starts again round three shortly followed by round four round five the headley week series and then there's an a-team tour yes we can all sit here now and go drop a roston chase drop a this person drop a that person bring in this person that's all irrelevant to me right now because until i see the rest of the west indies championship the headley week series who gets selected for the a tour that may or may not play bangladesh south africa there's lots of this and that going on right now until i see all that stuff I'm not going to fall into that emotional trap of saying, get rid of this man now for India and so on and so forth. There's a lot of cricket to be played. Yes, there are people in this current test squad who should probably not play for West Indies for a very long time again. But let's wait. Let's wait and see what happens domestically. Let's hold our emotions and let's and then let's reconnect, reassess, reevaluate when India come in the summer. My name's been... My name is Marshall St. Patrick Hewitt. That's been another episode of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. Thank you as ever. Before you go, share this with someone. Like, share, subscribe, follow us. You're not going to get this level of analysis anywhere else covering West Indies cricket. Boys, girls, men, women, for the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. And this is what we do. Thank you and good night. Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.